0: A wise man once said, every journey begins with the first step. Come with me, my friends, as together we travel down the roadway of geekdom in our never-ending quest to find the joy and fun in what we love. However our final destination may not be where we intended, for on this journey, tangents about. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the eighth episode of Tangents About. My name is Aaron Henley, and I thank you all for joining me today. Well, we've got a good issue of Superman to go through today, my friends. We're going to be covering Superman, Lois, and Clark, Arrival, Part 7, and boy, is it a doozy. But before we get into that, we have some feedback to go through. Yes, I love getting feedback. I love getting comments and proving that I'm not the only one listening to the show. (laughs) Okay, so we got uh, our first comment from Sassy Meat Curtains. And her comment, or his comment, is, New listener to the show, but it seems cool, so I'll tune in again next week. Well, thank you, Sassy Meat Curtains. I hope you did, and I hope you enjoyed it. Okay, and we have some other comments I have to get to as soon as I... Click open the right page there. There we go. And this is from Vicania. And I have to preface this by saying I know who, she, who this commenter is. And it's a little biased, but uh, I appreciate it. And her comment is, you're doing an awesome job. I am so proud of you and can't wait to hear more of your tangents. Love you, big brother. Bear hugs. So... Yeah, (laughs) a little bit of a biased opinion, but I appreciate it all the same. Thanks, little sis. Okay, so, with that out of the... Oh, also, I forgot one other comment. I am so sorry about this. Uh, This was from Steve Lexington, and he mentioned that he could hear Harley moving around in the background, and while I appreciated it, I couldn't post it because I wasn't sure if he meant Harley or something else, so... Please, if you refer to Harley, please use the word cat, or kitty, or some other term that's not a slang word for a part of the female anatomy, so I know it's okay to post. Please. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to assume that it's inappropriate. I'm just putting that out there. Okay, well, unfortunately, I haven't gotten any emails, and I'm a little sad about that, but I found out that other great podcasters can get through their episodes with no emails, so I'm going to truck right on over And uh, if you would like to leave me an email, the email address is tangentsabound at gmail.com. And as always, there's a link in the show notes for the episode. So, our issue today. Well, let's start with the cover. That's probably a good place to start. (laughs) And the cover today is by Lee Weeks and Brad Anderson. And it's a great cover it's a very action oriented cover because we see Blackrock blasting Clark and Clark just screaming in pain and agony. the only lighting in the entire issue is coming from the energy blast from Blackrock and his power core um, it's it's just a great cover it's all dark oranges and shadows it's ooh it's great The only little nitpick I have is that the s on Clark's belt is p- placed on a parallel line to the horizon so it's Straight across, but his body is angled, so the S should be slightly angled a bit as well. but then again, I got a C in geometry, so what do I know about angles? And we also had a variant cover for this issue and this was by legendary artist John Ramita Jr with Dan Mickey and Brad Anderson. and it's a well it's a right, a right profile shot of Clark and Lois. And all I can say is, while they're on the cover, it's uh, not Mr. Romita Jr.'s best work at all. And I hate saying that, but it's how I feel. I, I mean, what really bugs me is that both Clark and Lois's noses are extremely protruding. I mean, they're like a good six inches away from their eyes and super sharp. I mean, Lois's nose... The angle is so sharp, I think she could cut glass with it, and the scratchiness for shadowing has never been my personal cup of tea, so it's, in my opinion, just not a not a great variant cover. If, if I had bought this issue off the stand and I got the variant cover, I'd put it back on the stand. I wouldn't want to keep it. The original cover, I'd say, ooh, yeah, i got to check this out. So that, that's just how I feel. And if you disagree, again, drop me a comment or an email at tangentsabound at gmail.com tangent about time real quick friends while i am looking for the comic credits there's a in-house ad for Scooby Apocalypse and all i have to say is i know the original scooby doo was probably on drugs when they wrote those uh, episodes whoever came up with this idea they were most certainly on some mind altering substances i mean it's just what what were they what were they thinking really okay Alrighty friends, here's the credits finally. Dan Jergens, writer. Pencilers are Lee Weeks and Steven segovia Inkers are Scott Hanna, Art T and Jay lyston Ooh, so we got another jam issue friends, this could be bad. Inkers, uh we already did ink- inkers. Uh colorist is Jeremy Cox. Letterers are Larger World Studios. Assistant editor is Andrew Marino, and editor is Eddie Berganza, Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe's, Joel Schuster. Well, as I mentioned, there are multiple, editor, multiple inkers, so it is a bit of a jam issue, and yeah, there is some wonkiness in the art in this issue. There's, you can tell there's some different styles going on, but overall, I can't complain. Just that if I can see different styles, it's pretty apparent. So our story begins with Lois narrating, with a rather rather rambunctious five-year-old John and Lois coming home from grocery shopping. John is playing with his Superman and Flash action figures and racing them around the globe. Hmm. You know, I wonder if the Justice League gets a cut of those proceeds from those races. Hmm. And also those action figures. John asks his mom the age-old question of who should win in this race, and... Well, I'll talk more about that in the discussion points later, because I, and a certain authority on Superman, who lives in South Georgia, and I've referenced a few times, happen to agree with John. Entering the house, Lois and John are surprised to find a surprise party, which is kind of the point of that, to be honest, set up by Clark, and in the occasion, the publication of Fortress Wall Street, America's True Ruling Class by Author X, Lois's very first novel under her pseudonym. As the couple embrace, they watch their son with Superman and Flash race through Washington DC, a la The Living Room's Hallway, to the finish line. Lois looks up at Clark and asks him if he ever thought if John could one day develop powers. Clark admits he wishes that there was some expert he could take him to, and, well, we see the consequences of staying under the radar here, because there are a few experts I can think of off the top of my head. But Lois doesn't care. No matter what comes, he will always be her superboy. And, who oh, how right she is. We return to the present in the burning shed. John forces open the shed door, and the mother and son escaped to the football field. Unfortunately, the thugs who had locked them in there stuck around to make sure that there were bodies to report back to Mr. Mannheim about, and they begin to close in on them. Cut to the Reserv- Roosevelt Bridge and Clark and Blackrock's battle. His hands wrapped around Clark's throat. Blackrock taunts Clark. Clark has had enough of Blackrock's... Firing an intense beam of heat vision and melting Blackrock's helmet, Blackrock releases his grip on Clark. Clark then proceeds to tear apart Blackrock's armor piece by piece, and he is When he asks Blackrock why he did all this and Blackrock tells him that it was all for TV, well, three things happen. First, he throws Blackrock to the ground, probably breaking a few bones. Second, he melts the TV camera and van, and van and TV van holding all the recorded footage to molten slag. And third, he flies off before it really gets ugly. And probably for the first time in his life, he's thankful he has a major crisis. He has a major reason to leave before he does something regrettable. And that, friends, is why Superman is a better man than me. Because I'm sure somebody would have been pitched into the sun. Okay, so this cute little race of baby John. So who does he think would win? Well, Flash. And why? Well, for the same reason I think he would. So I'll let Mr. Little John explain. And no, not that little John. not, Not the merry man. So who do you think is faster, Mom? Superman or Flash? Oh, I'm pretty sure Superman is, John. No question. Uh it'd be way more fair if Flash is. How so? Because Superman's got tons of powers. He can fly and bend steel and stuff. All Flash can do is run super fast, so he should win. And I agree with that. <laughs> because, yeah, Clark's got so many powers, and Flash's main trade is speed. So, yeah, I think Flash always would win those races and the little surprise party clark throws is well it's just really sweet and the whole scene of them watching little john and again not the one from sherwood forest it's just it's just nice it's a nice little family moment and also i'm it's not mentioned but i'm pretty sure john stayed over at the montgomerys that night so lois could thank her husband for her for his little thoughtful gift and we get uh, when we get back to the present, we get another glorious page of a Kent surrounded by flame. And that may sound worse, but it's actually really cool because the fire is reaching around John's fingers, Almost, you know, it, it, there's no pain, there's no... Uh, it's it's burning his sweatshirt, but it doesn't hurt him. He's just reaching through it. It's, it's a great page. Lois is in the background, just reaching out to John because she still can't believe what's going on and it's just, it's great. (laughs) So after getting out of the shed, Lois takes the time to let John know that he will get the answers he deserves just as soon as they get away from the inner game thugs who are trying to kill them at the moment. Okay, and next we get two great pages of Clark going completely insane on Blackrock. He is not pulling any punches. He is going to end this now before any more people are hurt. Also, he gives Blackrock one of the best verbal smackdowns ever. Take a listen. You're a pretender. A wannabe. A loser with a suit of armor. But that armor doesn't make you strong. It makes you weak. Take it away and you're nothing. Hmm. I wonder if Captain America should have taken notes for that little showdown he had with Tony in the first Avengers movie. (laughs) Go put on the suit. Oh, and the panel of Clark's face when he finds out that all this destruction was for some reality TV show, it's downright frightening. This is I-need-some-brown-pants moment. Half his face is in shadow, his one blue eye that we see is blazing, and no, it's not with heat vision, it's just blazing. It's crystalline. The the blue is hard. I mean, he is ready to kill someone right now. And Clark wonders the same thing I am about this world. All this damage and a man's life for a TV show? No wonder this world still seems foreign. They're lucky I have to get to Lois and John. If I stay, it might get ugly. If I was there, it would have gotten ugly, and I would have been on the 6 o'clock news, and then probably have the Justice League or whoever after me (laughs) now the only nitpick I have with this is that we see a car go over before Clark arrived because it says that only one he says only one man lost his life now I can not fault Clark for that because he arrived later to the scene so he did miss the first uh, person killed but again this tragedy should never have happened there was so much wrong with this and I only hope that all these uh, people associated to this go to jail for a very, very long time. Okay, so now we get into our middle part of the issue, and it's not as long as it used to as some of the others, but there's actually a lot going on here. So let me just take a sip of my tea, and let's begin. So, meanwhile, back on the mysterious jungle island, Hyathis is beating the tar out of Mr. Chambers, breaking his jaw, shattering his right hand and arm, and she also is using her plant control powers now. I forgot to mention these back in issue three, but she can, like, cause vines to grow out of the ground, and that's what she used to torture and kill the cooned warrior. So I'm pretty sure Poison Ivy is going, Hey, that's my shtick! She's using her powers to try to force Hank to give her the Oblivion Stone. Now, apparently what Hank has is only half of it. Now, where could the other half be? Hmm, does anyone remember a certain jewel in a certain case in the not-so-secret Not-Fortress of Solitude? Nah, I don't think that's in any way related. Well, back at Lancaster Elementary, where the goons are about to once again open fire on the helpless mother and son, Lois is begging for John's life. She's covering his eyes so he doesn't see what's about to happen. The thugs show no mercy and open fire. Faster than a barrage of bullets, Superman grabs both John and Lois and flies them out of the firing zone. The fire in the shed reaches some gas tanks and explodes, incinerating the thugs. Clark flies them home. Now, the reason I called Clark Superman and not Clark as I have been for the past seven episodes is at this moment, I don't care anymore. He's Superman. <laughs> so I am wanting to keep it going, but with this, this, uh, saving his family like this, The John Williams music swelling, yeah, he's Superman right now. And also, when we get a nice three-quarter shot of Hyathus with her vine controlling powers, she looks intimidating to, you know, just a guy with a gun and no superpowers. And if I saw her, you know, I'd, one, be telling her anything she wanted to hear, two, praying to my god, and three, making sure my will was intact. Oh, and the the shot of Hiathus breaking Chambers' jaw, wrist, I, she kicks him and oh, his, his fingers go flying. I mean, it, his hand is shattered in like 30 different places. There is absolutely no possible way he could ever have fine motor, motor control, let alone the capability of ever holding a gun ever again. Yeah, we'll get back to that in next week's episode. (laughs) Okay, so we know that something is off with Hank in case we didn't already. Hyathis apparently has telepathic powers. There's a lot of telepathic people in this story. And she's unable to read Hank's thoughts. His mind is closed to her, and apparently this is extremely unusual for the space despot. I really think she's an Amazon. somehow related to Amazons. I don't know. Okay, now the scene of Lois pleading for John's life. Again, this is terrifying. This is heart-wrenching. This is why I love this story. Because she'll do anything to keep him safe, as any mother would. And right now she can't do a single darn thing. So John's reaction to finding out his dad can fly would pretty much be mine. Wow! <laughs> that Yeah, that's it. <laughs> And when the gas tanks in the shed explode, killing the uh, murderer, the attempted murderers, well, that's just a fitting punishment, I think. Now, that's only a taste of the fire they'll be experiencing from now on, because I'm pretty sure hell is an actual place in the DC universe. If um, you may or may not believe in that in real life, I am not making any religious comment, but. In the DC Universe, yeah, demons come out at regular intervals, so at least in the DC Universe, hell is a sure thing. Now, as they're flying away, and Clark tells John to keep his eyes closed to avoid, you know, seeing any unpleasantness. Well, while that's all good and well, what about all the kids who are going to show up to school tomorrow morning and see a bunch of smoking bodies and arms and limbs flying all over the football field? oh i see a couple uh, days off for the poor kids of lancaster elementary and some major therapy while they're flying home we see how lois feels about this whole situation she's torn about having john find out their secret this way and the dialogue just shows that she is really broken up that they couldn't discuss this calmly as a family at their kitchen table and with this lie that they've had to live she feels she's betrayed her son and Mr. Jergens really digs deep into these characters and I love it so very much um, again friends I highly recommend checking out the book I'm just kinda giving a brief synopsis and I don't and I'm and please check these out They're they're worth reading so our conclusion arriving safely home john finally breaks down lois tells his father that he knows about them not because of what clark just did but what john just did clark doesn't immediately put it together and when lois explains how flames and red hot metal doesn't phase their little boy anymore clark's only response is oh boy turning his son to face him john asks him point blank are you really Superman? Clark answers, it's complicated. John isn't buying it. That being complicated is just adult speak for not wanting to talk about something, which, in truth, is actually pretty true. And Lois begs her son to please let them explain. John admits that he heard his parents talking about Clark being Superman through the house walls, and Clark just goes, I see and Clark and Lois actually do end up doing a pretty good job of explaining multi-universal theory to an eight-year-old, and also to me. But in my opinion, what they really need for this is a candlelit garage, a chalkboard, and Christopher Lloyd saying, and this universe skews off for it to be perfect. And how that, the whole time that they've been hiding has been to protect him. John asks why you didn't let me know that I could do stuff too, and his parents admit that until right now, they had no idea. And, he's, and still trying to explain to his son everything that's about to happen, Clark is suddenly hit with a massive telepathic blast of visions of death and destruction. Knowing he has to do something, but hating to do it, Clark flies off to confront whatever he saw. Back on the island... Hyathus is torturing Hank for the location of the other half of the stone, and she won't rest until she finds it. And where is it? Well, I wasn't too subtle earlier, so as we mentioned, it's sitting in a nice little display case in the middle of Clark's Knot, Fortress of Solitude. Next week, we will get to the final issue, The Final Battle. Alrighty, friends. Now. This whole section of the Kents dealing with the revelation about their son is incredibly powerful, and I simply cannot do it justice describing it, or even reading it. The panels, the looks on each character's face, all I can say is is please spend the two bucks in the back issue bin, or the three bucks if you find it digitally, and pick up this issue. And if you don't feel any emotion about it, I will pay you back out of my own pocket. Because it is that good a scene. I just... I... I... I can't describe it so much so well. I just I'm not that well a uh, speaker or writer. Now, when Clark flies off to go confront the uh, source of the visions, John's expression is priceless. That is just so cool. And Lois's the love of his life, the mother of his son, it's even better. I feel the same way, honey. Every time I see it. Darn it! The, the fields! The fields are going through the roof! Can, 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 can I be this kid's dopey uncle, or, you know, just, just a guy hanging out with Bebo? Please Mr. Jurgens, please let me be in this book just so I can hang out with this kid! Alrighty, and one final note. So Hyethys, <clears throat> you can control vines. Well. I hope you never meet an apocalyptian working for Darkseid whose name's Sleaze. It didn't work so well for Big Barda, and all she had were some assets. You... Oh, I don't even want to think about. <laughs> and we also get two pages of just bad guy monologuing and vowing to get the McGovern And, to be honest, it's a little bit of a weak ending, but you know what, I don't care. Uh, the previous scene is where the heart of the story is for me. And, friends, I know I may not have much passion in uh, the recording today. I don't know. Maybe it's the weather or I'm just not feeling up to 100% and it's maybe sounding a little blue. But please, please don't, uh, don't think I don't love this book. I really, I really do. Because overall for this issue, it's not the fights or the villains that drove the story for me. These entire issue's best points were the Kents. From John getting him and Lois out of the shed, Kark swooping in and saving his family, to dealing with the shock that their son takes after his dad more than they ever suspected. It's just epic, and it's what I love in a good story. Now, do I like superhero fights? (coughs) Absolutely. Do I love good triumphing, triumphing over evil? Absolutely. Do I like big, bulky guys punching evil doers into the sun? Oh, yeah! But, to me, for this story, the heart is always the characters, and that is where the story shines. And again, the family dynamic was pretty much the whole reason I started Tangents Abound in the first place, because it is such a positive example, it gave me such a a charge that I had to talk about it, and I got tired of talking to myself, (laughs) so I decided to make everyone who ever downloaded the show suffer with me, so... (laughs) Thank you for uh, putting it up with me, by the way. I I really do appreciate it, because again, I'm a complete podcast amateur. I don't know what I'm doing to seven eighths of the time. So just the fact that Turtle loves you came back, I appreciate it so much, my friend. Alrighty, and also, friends, I recently there's some there's something I need to talk about. Uh, it's related to the issue, but this is more of a tangents about. You see, I recently told a friend that I didn't like how a particular character of a show we both like went from being a take charge independent woman to pretty much a simple housewife and who was more content to let others handle the work and stay at home with the baby and not really do anything anymore. And I meant it as a regression of the character, and I didn't word it the way I intended, it, and even now I still don't know if I'd said it exactly the way I want. And if I offend anyone, I do apologize. It's not my intent. And my friend took offense, and rightly so. And I since explained my position, and we made up, but it's because of stories like this with Lois and Clark that I have nothing but the utmost respect for all those who put their children above everything else. And, you know, personally, my own mother went through untold levels of hell and abuse to keep me and my sister safe and i have nothing but the utmost respect for anyone who's willing to go through pain suffering loss um even a lower standing of a career or you know or staying at home for their family and my friend if you're listening i hope i hope i i'm, I'm Cleared, uh, cleared some stuff up. I know you said it was water under the bridge, but it, it still bugs me, and I never, ever want to lose your respect. Well, thank you, and I hope one day, my friend, that you do listen to this. And Lois Lane, to me, is what I think all mothers should be. She is willing to fight truth and nail to keep her son safe and be with her little boy to comfort him when he needs her. She's there, and I love this story. And that, also, I can only hope that th- when the day comes and I do become a father, that I'm half as good as Clark and Lois Lane are. So I know that got a little deep <laughs> at the end. their friends, but overall, this has been a great issue. I, uh, uh, yeah, I had nitpicks. Um, I finished the. Uh, I finished my notes for the next episode. Because uh, I'll be going away for a couple days. And I wanted to make sure I didn't fall behind on my release schedule. So I may be letting that influence my uh, recording for this episode. But I, and if I did, I'd truly apologize. But again, this is a great I- issue. And next week, we reach the final issue of this series. And my first attempt at covering a major com- comic arc. As we go over Superman, Lois, and Clark arrival part eight the final battle so again my friends thank you all for joining me for this issue in the episode or as a lot of podcasters call it issue sodes because you know that kind of makes sense (laughs) as um and if you want to leave a comment or you know just drop me a line say hey how's it going um, you can leave a comment on the libson page that's tangentsabound.libson.com which you probably already know considering you, you're listening to the show and also at uh, you can find me on iTunes and if you're on iTunes you know drop me a, a iTunes rating or a review it helps others find the show give me a one star rating how how, ma- how many people actually say on a podcast please give me a one star rating and and it's just because i'm and the reason i'm asking for it is i just want to know what i'm doing right what i'm doing wrong and if you think i'm you know worthy of a five star rating great if you think i'm worthy of a one star rating it's great i just want to know how i stand friends and i can't do it without someone letting me know so please let me know and um there, There's a lot coming. Um, I've, I'll go into it for the closing tag for uh, next episode, and I'll probably edit this out. But um, thank you again, my friends, for joining me, and have a good morning. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Tangents Abound is a free podcast. No money is made on the production or distribution of this podcast. Any and all audio clips used in this podcast are for education and review purposes only. No copyright infringement is intended, and all copyrights are owned by the respective copyright holders. Thank you. <clears throat> I have to pause here, because I forgot to open up the comic and write down the, uh, credits for this issue. Oh boy, well, this will be some editing. I can see that right now. Come on, comicsology load. Wasting time, you're wasting time. Oh, I hate when Comixology pulls this crap on me. So this is about a six to seven minutes worth of redo. Yes, Comixology, I know I cancelled my unlimited subscription. Please stop reminding me. That's really starting to tick me off. I may just keep some of this in. I, I don't know. It's I need some bloopers.